Hello friends, I'm your host, Chris Thrill. I'm a former Royal Marines Commando. I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Port the T-Shirt Podcast. Boom! Hello legends. Have I got a great co-host for you tonight, Mr. Martin Maloney. Let's just take a look. This is Castletown, my home. There's no women, there's no work, and no crack. The one bit of good news is Ireland have qualified for the Euros out in Poland. First, they took Ireland by storm. Where are you going? Going to watch the boys in green. Enjoy another summer trying to master selfily. Yeehaw! Now, the hardy bucks. <laughs> Martin, how are you, mate? What's about, Chris? Thanks for having us on, mate. Hey, absolute pleasure. Um, I'll tell you what, just watching the, the trailer for your movie there just makes me want to watch Hardy Bucks all over again. I think there's nothing stopping you, Chris. Someone's <laughs> uploaded them all illegally to YouTube, and uh, I, which I don't have a problem. <laughs> all right. If, if you... If you host the show, mate, I'll go. <laughs> I'll go and watch all, all my copies. <laughs> Fair dues, Chris. Fair dues. Nice to see you. It's been it's been a while. Yeah, it's it has. It has. And um, how's Sweden treating you? Still expensive for the old beer? Oh yeah, but uh, if you know the right people, you can get concessions. <laughs> if you're good with the Blarney, you know it's grand. It's uh, it's snowing now as well. So there's been like a foot of snow in the last few days. So it helps to brighten the place up. It is as it should be, Chris. Yes. Oh, summer's cold in the winters. They uh, do win it, they do winter well in Scandinavia, don't they? They do, yeah. But like everyone kind of it reflects the society. So in summertime you'll see everybody out and about in full bloom and everyone just goes into hibernation mode then over the winter. Mm. But uh, that's grand, like it's uh, it is what it is, Stockholm in winter. Yes. And they've there's that um, on Netflix the Stockholm syndrome. They've got the got the geezer that actually that's where the word the expression came from. Have you seen it? I haven't, but I know I know what you're referring to. Wasn't it like a bank robbery where at the end of the bank robbery um, they had um, basically everyone had got in touch, put, like they 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 basically got to know the guy on a hum, human level and therefore understood his motives for. I mean, it's not, it's not so, like, if you have a captured audience like that, you know, it's, uh, you know, people call it Stockholm Syndrome, but the, the phenomena itself, is it's not too difficult to understand. Like, if you if you are someone who finds yourselves in a, in a situation like, let's say, a bank robbery, and there is, you know, a, a standoff and, and a siege for, for a while, then someone's going to eventually, you know, try and open a dialogue with you and... You know, someone a bank robber could be like, "Look, I've got bills to pay," and uh, yeah, it was an act of desperation. And then, the, if you're as long as you know, there, there are indeed nice criminals, smooth criminals, as Michael Jackson would have once said. But uh, you can understand like the um, how hostages would then, you know, find a kind of a common ground with the with the robber, for example. So I haven't mm-hmm. seen it, but uh, I, I I remember looking it up. It's called. Mate, it's called Clark, uh, the the Netflix thing. And for, for anyone watching, if you got a Netflix account, it, it's 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 really good. It's the it's the guy 
like I say, that he did this series of robberies back in Sweden, back it was like 70s, I think, may, maybe coming on to 80s. And the guy is he's just he's just out there um, for conservative Sweden. He's just does his own thing, including robbing any bank that he decides. But what I wanted to bring to bring that back to current affairs and talk about stock up with this one. <laughs> Say again. I think I know where you're going with this one. Well, did you see the uh, um, mate? I'm going to say quote unquote because I literally, since you know the events in New York and Washington back along, I don't believe anything on the news. Oh, I, I don't watch the news. You know, what, what, you mean Building Seven and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Well, don't say that. Don't that don't say that too many times. We got demonetized. The last video I did was on <laughs> that very subject, and guess immediately demonetized. I don't even bother. Uh, I don't even bother monetize my videos anymore. To be honest with you, um, I, so I just do it as a labour of love. And if, if someone wants to, you know, donate a few quid on the old PayPal for, for dues, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I had, it's hard. Uh, it's hard work. Oh, what I was going to say, it, no, it was the Israeli hostages. They're all being released, and. Mate, do you know what I say when you you get those bizarre kind of scene, scenes that just don't seem real? It almost like seems like they're being acted, and they're they're turning around and they're hugging their their I call it the uh, hummus, <laughs> the chickpea spread warriors. They they're turning around and they're hugging their chickpea spread warriors. The Panini boys and and yeah, and saying goodbye. Have you seen it? I have seen. I've seen clips of it. All right, yeah. Um, look, the, the thing is, you know, there's there's three sides to every story. There is, you know, let's say to put it, my side, your side, and you know, the truth. You know, there's. Uh, I think certainly, the media isn't. It's not. You know, you'd be doing well to find completely unbiased, objective media. And I think that's what we really need from media is um, basically it shouldn't be, you shouldn't pick sides. You should always side with the truth, even if the truth goes against what you're led to believe. That's my own personal philosophy. And that's what I've discovered from many years of going down multiple rabbit holes over the years. I, I don't even know why. I, like, I was always quite into uh, paranormal kind of stuff and, and, um, you know, extraterrestrial things as a kid. I used to get this thing called the uh, X Factor, which was before Simon Cowell started his uh, TV show there. But it used to be called, you might remember it, it was out every two weeks, fortnightly. It was like a, a binder you get in like one episode or one, you know, had you know, spontaneous combustion, Chucaprica, you know, Loch Ness Monster, all these different, like, you know, some of them that were blatantly fake, other things that were unexplainable. It was all part of the kind of uh, the mystery of, unexplained events and that kind of thing. So I kind of always was into that kind of phenomena. And um, yeah, it was my friend Tom, back 2009, we were out in the pub. He just kept shouting, Rothschilds! And we were like, what are you on about, man? Look it up, man, look it up. And, and then that's where, and then it was the old uh, incident in America, which really kind of uh, got me just outraged and, you know, telling everyone, and I was I was that guy at many a dinner party who was like, no, but you don't understand. And after a while, I was just like, okay, I'm probably sound like a real melt. But um, <clears throat> there are certain things, there are certain things out there that aren't covered by media because 
they're covering for the people doing these massive heists, for example. You know, well, let's like- um, Martin, let's talk about that. I was, I said to you before, didn't I? Let's talk about this chat. It's uh, Mr. Kissinger. Rest in peace. Um, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, isn't that who Peter Sellers' character in uh, Doctor Strangelove was based on? Like um, Kubrick based that character on Henry Kissinger. Um, you know, and they say the good young, uh, the good die young. I mean, like, you know, the likes of himself and you know Rockefeller, Soros. You know, these these big kingmakers, Klaus Schwab, all these guys. Uh, I think they they know themselves that you know. Everything they've made in terms of monetary gains here on on Earth, um, you, you know, they've gotten it through having their hands soaked in blood. And um, I think people like that, they they kind of know that at the end of life, you know, whether they're spiritual or not, there's. I think that you know they might confess to be atheists let's say but i think somewhere in the back of their mind they're like they feel that kind of karmic law of we've done some pretty bad shit in our, our lives and caused a lot of misery and i think that's why they want to stay alive as long as they can you know and uh yeah, yeah. He, he can't get with him he's gone same with um same with rockefeller was he like 104 something like that you know you can't take it with you and you know it's better to be it's better to be out with the shit which is in the waiting to get into the nightclub than be hanging out with a bunch of VIP wrongins in a room upstairs. That's the that's the way I perceive it anyway. Well, talking about wrongins Go on. Um well same subject. Carry glitters like, back out with No, I am just gonna say these guys are all Sabbateans. I don't know if that's a con concept you're familiar with. Yeah. Are you familiar with the Sabbatean Frankis? They call it the Sabbatean Frankis cult. Um, in Eastern European bad boys. Yeah, yeah, that's that sounds a bit. Uh, I mean, all, all, all of them. Your Soros, your Zuckerberg, your. Prob. I mean, all these movers and shakers. They're they're all in a club, aren't they? And it's 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 not a club for the it's benefit. George Carlin would say. Yeah. In fact, one second. There's a reason. There's a reason for this. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. Yeah, yeah, just played George then. So, yeah, George was kind of referring to your Ivy League, going to the same tennis club, um, you know, uh, sharing investment portfolio kind of stuff. Oh, he probably didn't escalate his pitch to the level of these really are a dark a dark cult so much so I think most people would probably struggle to get their head around it Martin would they not well you know in, in the Bible uh, and, and, and don't quote me on what I'm quoting from the Bible I'm paraphrasing it but uh, and I can't remember where, where it was written but I did hear that it was easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich man to pass to enter the gates of heaven and I think what that basically, I used to always think, okay, someone, let's say, who's made a few quid from uh, his own business, you know, that, yeah, he would be by definition, let's say, let's say someone has, I don't know, a logistics company and he's worth on paper about eight million, fairly well to do. That isn't considered like, I mean, the money, the likes of, I don't know, like Bezos. Say, Bezos, for example, yeah, like, or, or, or uh, 
Soros, so one of these guys. There's, there's guys who have even more money out there. Um, like that is, I think, to get to that level of money, you know, you have to do some, or you have to get other people to take care of some problems to make go away. And I think, you know, that the further you go up in those circles, the more ruthless that they become. And I think that, I think they probably have a, you know, do you ever hear people the way they talk about how deer on a reserve need to be culled in order to, you know, like this whole Malthusian, like Bill Gates aspect of things where, you know, they talk about the world is overpopulated. Uh, but when you think about it, when like, yeah, there is apparently 8 billion of us living on the planet. But to be fair, you know, most of the resources are completely squandered for profit. I mean, like there is, I mean, w without going into the whole kind of egalitarian John Lennon, imagine there's no possession kind of thing. And if you just say there is a, a finite amount of resources, but if those things were managed properly, but, you know, more wants more and those at the top want it all for themselves. It's like, you know, Bill Gates has a huge, massive yacht. Um, apparently, I, I don't know if it's true or not. I read that Zelensky had bought two mega yachts uh, recently, and it's kind of like pretty, pretty good money for a man who was a comedian who ended up being like the uh, the president of a country with a very low GDP, but with a hell of a lot of billions being sent in from U.S. Uh, taxpayers and English taxpayers and Canadians and Swedes. You because know, even it's like Sweden has now decided to join NATO, um, which I think is a ridiculous idea because I think, you know, they had a neutral stance, whether or not they were providing intelligence to other organizations, I can't say. But the fact <coughs> that now they have indeed put themselves in in uh, for reason to be targeted. I think most of the Western communications run through the east side of Sweden. So that does make Sweden a target for for attacks in the future if, if a hot war does kick off it becomes a legitimate target in the future whereas they were neutral for over 100 years and even in ireland they're trying to get you know they're really trying to stoke up the idea of ireland joining nato as well my um, god you name two countries at a bloody hot spots um we will well we're going to talk about that that um, i just want to say look mate you that's the one you want to get what what's that Oh, the Isle of Oh, nice man. Where'd you get that from? Isle Whiskey Snooze. Oh, that's fancy stuff. Like, where, where'd you get that from? I ordered it online, mate. I think there's a, I think there's a shop online called Snooze Line. You can order it worldwide. Um, yeah. I will say I haven't used this stuff for years now, but when I used to use Snooze, um, friends that's at home, Snooze, Snooze is Swedish. Uh, I don't even want you. It, it's it's a Swedish form of tobacco. It's very very popular in Scandinavia and bags. But you stick on the lip. Yeah, I like the loose the loose stuff though, mate. I'm old school. Yeah, the, the, it's it, it's very impractical to use that kind of stuff because I'll get stuck up in your teeth and go. It's like <laughs> brown goo all over the place, and you got to go. And uh, I'm yeah, I'm quite lucky there. The way my mouth set up, I can have the snooze in my top lip, and you you just. Some people, when they smile, you just see this black, don't you? Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like you've just been munching a whole fistful of caviar. Mate, I'm sort of, um, yeah, mate, I haven't, like, I am drunk for ages. I, I am potato, you know, I'm I'm sort of really. Your liver must be doing well. Well, I'm really embracing the, um, I hate to call it a spiritual battle because it, it sounds poncy, but it, 
you you know what I mean? I'm really the e- esoterics is probably a better. You know, I'm really taking a. You know, I'm enjoying investigating this side of life that for 48 years I didn't even know existed, mm. and then well, the thing is, I I think okay, it's it's some of it's so. You know, I, I do believe that there is, you know, like I was raised Catholic and obviously the, the Catholic Church has, has committed some absolute heinous acts throughout the ages. Down. But I think fundamentally, you know, like um, I was raised with, you know, knowing the difference between right and wrong. And um, and I think there there is there's something to it, you know, and I, I can't really, you know, like for me in terms of in terms of like spirituality and that, I've always I've always thought there's something beyond what we can see you know and um but what what that is I, I don't know but i think there's definitely something happening out there that um you know it, it's 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 easy just to write everything off as uh yeah, it's all a load of make-believe but like it's kind of like the easy way out well it's been more real than that for me my it, it's a physical fit you know it's for me it's been a physical thing i i've literally sensed the changes in the chemicals in my body and and um, the answers and, I mean, if you'd have told me even probably three years ago that I'd be listening to podcasts about sacred geometry mm. and alchemy and, you know, what is the nature of matter, I, 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 I would have looked at you, Rob, you know, a bit, a bit, a bit strange because that it just... I didn't well, even. I wouldn't. Isn't it? You know, and, and and you kind of like if you like if you think about the fact that when the sun hits a leaf, that the photons from the sun go through slits in the leaves, and that you know, and that, that basically helps when when uh, when plants breathe in carbon, the activity from the photons help uh, when the plant breathes in breathes in the carbon. That photosynthesis actually helps to bind carbon to the cells of the plant. You know, just the fact that everything in the natural ecosystem works in such a balance, and you kind of think to yourself, "Well, how? How is you know? You, if you look at the uh, the golden ratio, can be found in a crest of a wave, a hurricane, in in like a you know broccoli, or you know, it, on your thumbprint." You know, or the Fibonacci sequence is found, and it almost seems like that is that some sort of natural fingerprint from the creator. You know, and I kind of feel like, you know, the idea of oh, the Big Bang and Stephen Hawking, and uh, you know, it's, it's is science basically just is it is it deconstruct deconstructing and dissecting the divine, and it basically tells you it can it can see these processes and it knows why it, it's happening, but it. It's basically I, taking isolated cases and then explaining them instead of explaining everything as a whole. And I think sometimes science is good for, you know, obviously science brings you engineering and, and chemistry and, and physics and, and this kind of thing. But I think it also removes the basis of creation from it as well. I think you're right, mate. It's, it, it's such synchronicity that you mentioned chlorophyll because one of the last podcasts I listened to on a great 
great channel that I listen to a lot called Video Advice, which sounds really crap. Sounds like it's going to give you advice on how to fix your VHS player or something, but it's not. It's all handy back in 87. It's it's all um, like allegorical kind of, you know. Um, What's it called again? Video it, advice. Yeah, I think it's I just a channel that. called Video Advice, and I and and yeah. and I will promote it to the hills because about a million odd subscribers. Oh, he's he's got a lot, a lot now. And because I remember stumbling across that channel, and um, I was like, like I thought I was like, God, this is some quite esoteric you know it was one about like hand signals or like um you know uh the different positions of your hand in certain situations like talking you know by holding pressure points or doing this kind of stuff with your it was just basically it was a video like that and i was watching it and uh and i was looking at the name of the video it was like video advice and it was like very generic name for something that's so nuanced yeah it it sounds crazy but one of the recent videos, Martin, I was watching, and I just, I just love it when something drops in. You know, like the fruit machine, it just drops. And they were just talking about how we don't understand the chlorophyll, and don't ask me to get this right, but but how our DNA thrives off it, you know, because of re- the resonant frequencies. Um. And this is, this is, doing, you know, like if you live in a city, you're bombarded with 5G, 4G, electromagnetic frequencies, like, um, was it FLVs? Is it the, uh, or like the low, low vibration frequencies? I mean, it would just, I think like the pollution of like, if you're living in a city, you know, you're drinking recycled water, you're, you know, eating takeaway food, getting pissed and the stress and the cortisol. Uh, and just, you know, and all that has been upped even more because, you know, it feels like our future has been stolen by just financial, predatory financial that institu- just- institutions that are, ba- I think, basically using their financial leverage to, first of all, enrich themselves to obscene levels of wealth, but also to, it's all, it's like, if, if you if you kind of throttle prosperity for the general population and you do so through interest rate hikes and um, devaluation or, you know, basically making the, the price of things uh, like, like for example, rent. If you look at Dublin, right, at the moment, for the last couple of years, Dublin has had a really big problem with the lack of um, living space, you know, the, the lack. Of, so you'll have a, an apartment, you know, let's say a 100-foot apartment, in, in, in a suburb of Dublin and there'll be a queue down the road just to view this apartment. And so basically, instead of building residential areas that are badly needed in Dublin, they've just been building hotels all over the city. And then funny enough, it seems that they've been turning these hotels into asylum centers. And, you know, the and, and the people who are making money off that are some of themselves politicians and um, businessmen and hoteliers, uh, and so I think that's why there was such uproar there at the weekend in Ireland because this is, or last week because I think there's been this has been bubbling under the surface for a long time because you basically you, you've got people who've turned the asylum industry into a very lucrative business model. Um, but like, yeah, so but if you look at look at the stress that puts up if you've been living in like a, a residential area in Dublin that for many years has been kind of um, economically disadvantaged 
and all around it, the place is becoming gentrified. The prices have been set up. You're going to you're going to put you're going to stress people out. And and when you have a stressed population, you have a population then that are going to be more aggravated, and then you know that will lead to unrest. And then unrest can eventually lead to conflict or civil war. And I think they're doing this all across the Western world. Like look at the USA, the fentanyl problem they've got there, um, and the fact that you know that the border is open. It's a porous border. Though when I went to the States a couple of months ago, they were giving me a hard time for coming in as a visitor, you know, and it just kind of makes you think, like, what the hell's going on? Uh, but all, all this, I see, I, I naively always thought when I was growing up and, and until recently, until this epiphany hit me, that it's not, it's not about bringing up the third world or the, or for want of a better word, the developing world. It's, it was never about bringing their standard of living up to first world standard. It's actually what I, think it is now is to bring the western world down to basically where you've got a two-tier society a tier of people who were audaciously rich i mean there was a they had a shortage of mega yachts last year because the amount of billionaires that were created off the back of the pandemic in quotes the pandemic um became so rich that they were looking for yachts so imagine you have a shortage of mega yachts but at the same time, I think I think over the pandemic there was, uh, I think a total global loss of capital to the working class was something like, I think it was off the top of my head, two point three trillion, I think, and the collective billionaire class made two point five trillion. And, and what did that I mean? I, you had Gerald Salente on, which it, it, which you know, tip me hats here because that man's an absolute legend who, who calls it as it is. And he's been talking about this uh, office, um, office retail space is gonna is gonna be the next thing to crash. When I was in New York in October, I was talking to people like local guys who were running bars and that kind of thing and, and businesses, saying that because people are working from home, they don't have the same footfall they used to have in Manhattan. So you got your bodegas on the corner shop who are losing out in revenue, and small businesses are going under everywhere. And uh, another great documentary you should check out is uh andrew callahan from all gas no breaks and channel five news he did one he did a documentary about san francisco which used to be the jewel and the crown or it, like the paris of the usa and you know basically gentrification has come and absorbed like all the wealth by you know basically people who were working in normal jobs or people who were residents of san francisco had to leave san francisco because they couldn't afford the rent and on top of that and you throw in the fentanyl crisis as well like that places you know, you've got people moving from all over america because of their lax recreational drugs policy or addiction you know instead of you know all the money they've spent let's say on ukraine i think what is it 140 billion on on weaponizing the war in ukraine which should never have happened in the first place but imagine how much that could have if they taken 140 billion and redeveloped all of their inner cities and gave people work like even if people were involved in building their own houses but trained them gave them tools in order to then you know be a tradesman to help upkeep these communities in the future There's, you know so much you could have done roads infrastructure mine uh, let me put some into you hmm? so here's the thing right <clears throat> undoubtedly there's um, 
there's an awakening in the force. You know, you can see people are talking about stuff now openly that five years ago, well, I mean, it's as little as a year ago. The fact that Tucker Carlson, and there is a caveat here, but I'll get to that. The fact that Tucker Carlson is talking about that building that we, we, we mentioned, the one that fell out, fell out the skyline alongside the other two, He's he's talking about that on Redacted. Uh, you know that that was some. You know he was a Fox News anchor, and he's coming out and saying Fox wouldn't talk about that. Da, da, da. Then you've got um, the whole anti-Semitic thing. People are doff with that now. You know, anytime you want to ha- have a you know a, an observation about what's going on in the world, you get called anti this or anti this or anti the V. You know. It, and people are seeing it now. They're seeing that these are mechanisms to stifle dissent by trying to subject people to humiliation or, oh, I don't want to be. And Yeah, just the cancel culture aspect of it. You know, like the fact that, you know, you see, if you look at BlackRock and how they work, they, they're kind of, they're like an umbrella organization over smaller organizations and the HR department of each smaller, you know, it's kind of like, like a, a Russian doll, but in a hierarchical system. So the messages coming from Larry Fink and BlackRock go into, you know, they're the biggest stakeholders in most even competing brands, let's say Pepsi and Coke. And there was a, there was a commercial where Pepsi was, Basically, it was last year, uh, Santa Claus was driving his red truck, which is synonymous with Coca-Cola. And then he treats himself to a can of Pepsi. And I was like, ooh, that was a bit cheeky. And then I was like, no, it's not really, considering that BlackRock owned the majority shares in both PepsiCo and Coca-Cola company. So therefore, it's this created, um, it's created within inside that same ownership. Mate, is that is that why Pepsi's blue and Coke is red? Is that... Because and and boxing is blue and boxing is red. It's all that playing off the Liverpool and Everton. Yeah, well, I'm, well, I'm just thinking in America, blue and red. You know, like the the okay. liberal, the the Democrats and the Republicans. Yeah. And yeah, I heard someone do a do, do a talk. What what I was getting at, Martin, is at the same time as you clearly got people waking up, you clearly got people now recognizing that there's this. Cabal, this Chris. You see, the, the what they want is people to be watching sh- a vapid shite on TV, following sports team. Look, I mean, I, I follow sport as well, but I, I, it's like, you know, I was talking to a guy the other day, Greek guy, who was telling me that if you're seen wearing the wrong colours in another neighbourhood, like let's say you got um, AIK, you got Olympiagos and Panathinaikos in Athens, and if you're an Olympiagos guy going into a Panathinaikos or vice versa neighborhood and they see you're trying to hide your colors, you'll get, you'll get beaten up. You and it could be like eight versus one, but the, uh, you know, the, like imagine if people had that much, or even here in, in Sweden, you've got Hammerby football club that will have a procession at the beginning of the season where tens of thousands of people will march with flares towards the football pitch. And you kind of think that is diverted energy from things that are more important. You know, if people knew that the the amount of like compound interest, what that does to us as a collective society, you know, how much money 
taxpayers' money has been squandered. That you know, if people could get that kind of uh, concentration of energy and wherewithal and direction to make a difference, and I think what you're seeing globally after um, Israel's collective punishment of Gaza, like like for me, like I'm on the side of peace. I don't want to see my fellow human beings kill each other and especially you know when you see children being killed i mean i i can't i can't even count how many dead kids i've seen on twitter in the last couple of weeks and to the point where i've got tears rolling down my face looking at the scenes coming out of there and for you know you're seeing whole whole uh cities filled with protesters lately and i, I think the uh you know netanyahu is losing the uh the, the narrative on that's it. another one that i meant to say in the awakening thing that like, well, you know, so many people, I mean, Israel can't come back from this one. You know, they they talk about, like, blotting your copybook. It, it, but at the same time, Martin, we have this situation where so many people are dumbed down. Mm-hmm. And what my question, I'll just ask you is, so these the, here's people awakening. And that's kind of clear to see. But at the same time, you got, and I'm not trying to be derogatory. I don't slag other people off. I'm on my journey. That's all I care about. If someone's out there and they're serial killers, nothing to do with me. That's their shit, right? If if I'm not, I'm not going to call people sheep. Um, it's I was probably that person once in my life, you know. But to say that society's been dumbed down is an understatement, and. Can the awakeners, um, certainly I, I, I prefer to talk about enlightenment these days because that's a step above above being awake. But my point is, you know, can the people waking up and, and moving towards enlightenment kind of outrun or outnumber the masses that are getting dumbed down at the same time? Well, there's there's two things. First thing I'm going to say to remind me of this, so because I know I'm a great man for going off on tangents. First thing is I, I want to just I'm going to make three headings here and then explore three of them. The first thing I want to say is anybody who is at the cutting edge of the spear, whether it be present or past, uh, they would have been isolated at the time until enough time had passed that people, you know, I think a lot of it is fear, right? So. The first one is, is is being at the cutting edge of dissent or resistance. The second one is you have people who are waking up, but you know yourself, if you wake up, let's say, you know, you're 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 living a normal life, working, have a normal job, you have your routines, you have your weekends, and then you're back to work Monday Monday to Friday. And that's your life, you know, that's your lot. Um and someone comes along and tells you something that basically could open up a complete can of worms and change the way you look at the world that leads on to you basically questioning absolutely everything you've been taught in school. That, for a lot of people, uh, a lot of people who I've met and I've had these conversations with who have the intelligence and the you know, the, the capacity to take these things on simply don't want to, even though they know that it's probably it is probably the way it really is, but choose 
to use like let's say the matrix as the as a cliched reference blue pill or red pill which one do you want to pick you take the blue pill and you go back to it and you live in ignorance but in the back of your mind you're kind of like yeah but it's you know you listen if you're driving let's say if you're driving in ireland you listen to the radio and it's the same news all the time some news had happened a man had been shot in a robbery in dublin and then it goes to the end of it it's like Manchester United will be playing Leverkusen in the fourth round of the Champions League. And it's like the weather. So it's like sports news. It's like just, yeah, just keep the local news there and then sports news. And don't be, you know, like the last thing, because I, I think most of our most of our societies are basically ruled by transnational corporations, many of which the average person has no idea about. Like if you were to ask FC somebody Island. on the street... Uh, do you know who BlackRock is? Do you know who Bern Stearns is? Do you know Goldman and Sachs? Do you know, do you know any of the derivative companies that are under their influence? They, they don't. But if you could, you know, if, if you could ask someone, do you know who the, the latest signing for Arsenal is? They tell you who that is. Or they would tell you, like, which one of the Kardashians has got the latest branding deal. This is, it's fucking trivial, trivial knowledge. You know, it's, it's, it's like, it's a, it's it's useless information, but to divert people's passions into something that is meaningless certainly is the best. Like if 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 I was running the shop, then I would want you know I yeah I'd be like okay let's bring in let's bring in a lot of people with completely antithetical opinions and culture and drop them in the middle and then get them all fighting each other. You know of course you're gonna do that. You know like you've seen this channel Visegrad Twenty Four on on Twitter. They're like a Polish uh, aggregate of, uh, they were like pro, you know, Ukraine all the way. And anytime you try and say, look, you know, peace should be the the focus here. And not, oh, oh, you're a Putin apologist. Oh, you're a Vatnik. And you get all these NAFO assholes with their little Sheba dog wearing like fucking tracksuit pants using these daft memes. Um, they're supporting the death of Slavic men and women, you know, in, in combat, the Russians and, and the Ukrainians that were both, uh, you know, like, yeah, they had their troubles in the past, but basically they shouldn't be killing each other. They're the people who speak the same language and pretty much have a very similar culture. But if you basically say I'm on the side of peace, you had you, and th that was a psyop, I reckon. There was there was big money being pumped into the managing of discourse online to to um, mob and you know pick on anybody who had a um, that had actual good intentions for peace. And if you mention the fact that Boris Johnson came along in 2022 in April to, you know, destroy that the uh, the peace treaty that was going to be ratified between Russia and Ukraine, they would have been like lies, propaganda. They're fucking dickheads, man. That's what they are. And it'd be nice just to round them all up, send them off to the front lines, see how hard they'd be then, getting mortared and shelled. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So the and the other thing before I was going to say about the the tip of the spear, uh, I remember David Icke once saying when he was doing those London Real videos about when you're at the cutting edge of the spear, it's a lonely place to be because it's some of the things you're saying when you're starting a a resistance or or, or dissent of opinion, you'll be on your own. People won't people won't not have anything to do with it until it's safe enough to do so. And then they'd be like, oh, I was, yeah, I, I was on your side the whole time, mate. Yeah, you were doing great. No, so that was the other thing. Yeah, I, I, said, I, said, I said that to David when I chatted with him. I said, you know, David, you, you once said that, that 
you couldn't walk down the street uh, in Britain because the whole nation was laughing at you. Um, I just want you to know I never laughed at you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought either this, either you know, he's going through some kind of transition phase in his life, in which case needs to be handled carefully. You know, not not humiliated on national TV. Mm-hmm. Or, well, they did do. But he got his revenge on Wogan when he went back. Yeah. About Iraq being predicated on complete lies. But that's all on record now. You know, once it's out there, you can't erase it. And now young people or, or the people in the freedom community can look at those interviews and see the evil in the BBC and see how they employ people like Terry Wogan, rest in peace, no disrespect, non-thinking people and you see how horrible they are these ex-bbc people i i've even been asked well, on the statue in uh, the entrance bbc was a, a man holding a naked boy yeah the yeah was, uh, waving nonce yeah you know the, I mean? the the architect that created it had i think had been arrested for those kind of crimes and mm. but um yeah um, just want to get back. It's just funny. I was looking at. Um, I did a. I just did a, a internet search for your name. It's it's really funny looking at you. The different ages. Some of these pictures that are on Google and and the like. Better you, her you, days. You, Better you, her days. Yeah. No. I mean, you look. You really do look like sixteen in some. <laughs> not that I'm not not a criticism. It's just fascinating. <laughs> And funny enough, when I was over here, when I was 22, I had the long hair and, and, a, and a big, thick red beard. And my 22nd birthday, and I remember some guy said to me, 22? I thought you were like 34. Yeah. No. Nah. So, uh. I've just found our thumbnail from our, the, from our first podcast. It's, it's just, matter. it's just come up. I haven't even got my pitch on it. It's just you with some Hardy Buck stuff on it. But Martin, it, um, while I've got you on the show, let's talk about then, don't, um, Let's not mention what happened in Dub- Dublin because that. Yeah. that sorry, I'm that, just going to have to answer the door. So if you just take us off for a second, once yeah, I'm yeah, no, no, just you, you, you do what you need to do. Um, bum bum bum. Yeah, there we go. Yes, I wanted to chat with Martin, folks, because sorry, in case you're wondering, um, this. This one I was getting up, folks, because Pontins has closed two holiday, two holiday parks, and um, is this because they got an influx of you know asylum seekers to put up? I'm just saying, Martin. They um, Pontins have closed Prestatin and Canberra's holiday parks. Alex, come. Oh. <laughs> Sorry about this. It's okay. Um, sorry, you were saying. Yeah, no, I've just um, earlier, in case people th- thought I was going mental, when you were talking about um, immigration, uh, two two huge holiday camps have closed at Pontins. This normally proceed. This is David Curtin on his Twitter. This normally proceeds large arrivals. Um, he's put foreign military age men, but I've explained that military age thing to people. The reason you see this influx of military age men is is once one 
once an asylum seeker gets right to remain in this country or any country, well, I mean, certainly in Britain, they then go to the Red Cross and the Red Cross do the paperwork to bring all their family across. This is why you see fighting age men. Whether or not, the, you know... So that, the, the, men, the men do the, the, the hard leg of the journey first. Yes, then, exactly. You know, you're not, you're not going to send your wife and kids on, 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 a, on a yacht. But, but yeah. before I get slated, mm-hmm. just to say, obviously it's also rather alarming to have a population of people with very different culture, morals, scruples, da 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 da, than you. Not not always bad sometimes, but yeah. you know when when we talk because it's like the private security companies in the Middle East. First off, they started paying like ex Marines like myself five hundred pound a day to go over there and you know Germany. police the new world order sort of thing. And then when they realized they could actually pay like, you know, Bangladeshi people and Filipinos two two quid a day to risk their lives doing the same job. Yeah, or like but, building Dubai, what they've been doing there. Yeah, and I doubt very much, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm judging here, but I doubt, you know, a Filipino or someone from Bangladesh is probably morally questions doing doing kind of private military contract work well, in the Middle East. In terms of relative uh, salary, you know, pro- that would be probably considered as, as a good markup on, on what, what they were earning. Mm-hmm. See, the thing is, like, immigration is always a funny topic because, you know, uh, often as the case, you'll get, like, le- like, like left-wing uh, people of a left-wing, you know, um, persuasion who anytime they would just knee-jerk reaction be like, Oh, that you know, it's uh, xenophobic. Like, I think basically, they but they don't look at the fact that these people are basically victims of globalization and bad foreign policy, being used as a further tool of geopolitical chess. You know, like they're pawns in a in a in a bigger game of destabilization. And like, um, the fact that they're being used and milked as um as part of an industry at the expense of tax. But I mean, like you have to ask why, why do they want to leave these countries? Because like bad Western policy has led to their countries being destroyed or having, um, you know, uh, propped up dictators in there that have, you know, um, cracked down on their own citizens and then sold off all of the natural resources to Western companies. And, you know, look at Gaddafi, what they did to him or Saddam Hussein, you know, like Gaddafi didn't want to sell oil to uh, the U S in fiat currency, the dollar anymore via the petrodollar. And he said, I want, I want gold for my oil. And look what happened to him. And it's mm. always under the, it's always the same thing. Isn't it? It's always like, Oh, the, uh, Gaddafi was committing war crimes. The guardian reports, the Guardian reports, like um, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't know what happened in, in you know, in um, Syria, for example, but I do know that Western intelligence had their operatives in there trying to destabilize Syria. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah, and he knew well because I was watching a, an interview with him from 2006, and he knew well it was on the cards then because right next door you had Iraq, which had been turned into a secretarian tinderbox at that stage, and what was, I mean, like. The first Gulf War that was basically because the the uh, Kuwaitis started selling cheap oil to the to the U.S. and obviously, and then he went in for the 
border adjustment. But then they created a whole load of bullshit say, with that with that girl who said that she's seen babies being thrown out of the incubator. And I think it's funny you see an awful lot of stories about like babies being killed, which will obviously rile up the sentiments of these people are monsters. Let's go in and you know completely eviscerate them and then uh, take their resources afterwards. You know, like Saddam Hussein in two thousand and two declared that he was going to sell his oil in euros. He was warned not to by the UN. And then he was also blamed for having a hand to play in the fall of the dual buildings. Yes. And what happened then? And then even before that war, you had the likes of Madeleine Albright because they sanctioned a country. And when she was asked, is half a million dead children worth it? And she said the price was indeed worth it. You know, so you look at the, you look at these people from the Middle East that would have been happy enough. Iran, the Shah of Iran, you know, like the, when they talk about a 9-11, there was a 9-11 in Chile uh, that was orchestrated by Kissinger uh, when Pinochet came to power. And I, I've, I've a lot of, like, one of my best friends is from Chile. And he told me that when he lived as a child in Chile, in Santiago, uh, it wouldn't be, you know, like the way I was watching a video where there was a, a guy in the, the IDF was saying how when they go into the West Bank and they have a new recruit, They'll say, okay, we have intelligence on this house, this man here in this building. You are to go in there, middle of the night, kick down the door, um, separate him from his family, put a hood over him, and drive him away. Uh, even though this guy was completely innocent, didn't do anything, and he goes, well, this is two, this is a, a twofold advantage to us. First of all, uh, our new recruits are given a, a scenario that is as close to the real thing as possible. And the second upswing from that is the fact that the fact that you go into any house for no reason at night keeps people afraid on it. And it makes the people in that area wonder if they're next. You know, it, that is by definition fascism of the highest order. You can't just fucking, you can't do that. But then like when I was in the States as well, all the coverage on, on mainstream TV, mainstream news didn't say, certainly didn't mention anything about the NECBA, certainly didn't mention the fact that even Operation Shield's Edge in 2014 doesn't matter. You know, everything started from October the 7th. And objectively speaking, I think Hamas viewed the kibbutz as fair military targets. And I think the fact that if you keep, you know, if if they've lost people to airstrikes in the past and they're living in one of the largest concentration camps in the world, that they're like, they're probably thinking, right, it's better to be martyred because I think a lot of them knew it was a suicide mission that day. And so when they went across, you know, many of them were killed. But I guess they were, you know, well, they were um, ready to do what, had, in their case, had to be done. Martin, are you free for, can you talk for like another 10 minutes or so? Yeah, I Because yeah. what, what I want to say is that there's, you just mentioned something that I'd love to discuss, uh, but we can't do it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And that is the authenticity of of that that very narrative Mm -hmm. um the other thing as well is i want to talk about the the dublin thing again there's aspects of that we can't talk about on here especially when it comes to young children but Mm -hmm. i got um um, friends what what i'm gonna do now is go over to locals with martin to our locals platform so martin and i can just speak without me constantly thinking we're going to get 
Kick, yeah, I kick. was on three of my channel. I was on my last strike though. I had the last, the final one. They pulled it, uh, and I was glad I had it backed up to Odyssey. Uh, I had Leilana Dowding and uh, and um, and Gareth Ike on with me, and uh, literally like an hour after going up, it was like that's your final strike, and they deleted the video. I couldn't even see my own video that I did. So like the YouTube censorship is just it's it's gone off the charts. Yes. And um, I protect this channel, Martin, because well, every growing every, right? every for a long time. Well, everything good that I can give to people, and to be honest, I'm more. You know, I can see the answer now. Is in in it's in. I call it the warrior rumble, and they're trying they're trying to go after Odyssey. You know, and um, you know the. Because, like you said earlier on, people are waking up, and people are, and and when people wake up and they realise that they've been lied to, and the people they were told were on the the side, the righteous side, were actually the the villains all along. You know that that that's going to, you know, like yeah, they get they're going to get des desperate, mate, aren't they? Yeah, and they are getting desperate, you know, and and um, that the entire, I I I don't think. All of the politicians from both opposition parties in the Western world, they're all compromised. I think I think anybody who gets into any position, a high position of power, uh, you, you go against the narrative and, and you're, you're canned, whether figuratively or occupationally, you're, you're taken out. Yeah. I mean, the thing is with me, like, I'm not, I haven't been, like, I, I have been, whether I cancelled myself, no one wants to touch me. I mean, they didn't want to touch us anyway because what we did with Hardy Books was so anti-establishment and it was so raw and it was so universally well, loved by many different kind of socioeconomic backgrounds. And, you know, it was basically, it was raw, it was honest, it was funny. And uh, we didn't pull any punches and it did cause a, a lot of ruffled feathers. But I think, you know, there was no, we were never even invited into any high positions in the acting game or, or entertainment because they knew we were too wild. And I, I would rather speak my mind and have to hustle like everyone else than have some cushy number where I knew if I said the wrong thing, I'd be cancelled. So I'd like, fuck them. <laughs> like to, I think to be able to speak your mind and look yourself in the mirror and know that you're, you're, a, you're a man of convictions and have the authenticity and the courage to say these things is more important than taking the hush money and living a luxurious lifestyle, but having to walk on eggshells the whole time. Yeah, it's um, you know, like you can uh, you can have the world and you'll have nothing. We we've heard that before, Martin. Listen, let let's go over to locals. Yeah, uh, want to chat with you there? I've just been showing down the local here. Yeah, I wish it was, mate. Uh, I want to chat about the Irish Army and now supporting the the Garda, uh, which I find is is quite interesting in light of recent events. I want to talk about this. Um, he's not actually the mayor of Limerick, I understand, but um, this this chap's been causing some upset. He said anyone that protests immigration should be uh, strung up and uh, basically, and someone said, had to say, Councillor uh, 
you're not allowed to say such things in the chamber. But um, that lad. Say again. Is he from the Philippines? That count. Yeah, he looks like it. His 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 his, his but his name well. Well, that's how people would be dealt with, like drug dealers under Duarte. You know what I mean? It'd be like, yeah, just take him out on the street. I think he's basically taken that hardline Philippine style of rough justice. Uh, yes. So, friends at home, absolutely love chatting with Martin. Uh, if you haven't seen Hardy Bucks, get out there and find yourself a copy. One of the funniest. It's on YouTube as well. I think it's called Molotov. Whoever that person has uploaded the channels. Uh, also, do you mind if I plug my channel as well? I'll, I'll put a link. Just going to oh, yeah. do that next. Martin's channel, folks. There's a link below if you like these kind of chats. Martin, did you want to say a bit? Uh, yeah, well, I'll be going live again on my channel at about 11 o'clock uh, GMT. If anyone wants to stay. And I'm, you know, I, I basically mostly just chat with the the chat group. Or, or in the in the chat and sometimes play a few tunes and have a bit of a laugh really uh the last few weeks have, have been a bit serious because obviously i've been consuming very serious things online and um that was more so at the forefront of of um my mind at the time but hopefully tonight should be a bit more laid back and a bit more jovial i'd hope yeah Plus, you help me get some of the geopolitical issues out of me system as well chris fair play to you uh, I know. I have to say, you've done you've got you've done some great work on your channel as well. That's some big names on here, like yeah, mate. I've come a long way, you know. I've well, I mean, I've come a long way myself, and I just want to be in service. You know, I don't. I can understand now. There's no when I look back at my life, and I'm. It's I've got no regrets, but I didn't understand the importance of being in service. Mm. it's kind of interesting being on service on a pl- platform like YouTube when you started off. I mean, I've always told like the veteran story. I've never glorified war. I've always said to the youngsters out, if you join up, you'll, you know, please don't say you're doing it for freedom and democracy because it's actually the, the opposite in this. Well, you know, enough, I was listening to Scott Ritter was doing a video recently and he was saying about how, if you take your sons or daughters and you put them off to war and he was in the Marines himself and he says like, you know, they break you as a person. That person who went into it is a very different person coming out. And then, you know, they're often sent to do things that aren't in the interest of defending the States, you know, and then when they come back, then there's PTSD and feelings of guilt and rage and, um, you know, and they're just basically broken people when they come back and a lot of them end up on the streets or end up, you know, with injuries or psychological injuries and they turn to drugs to just try and escape that. And then it's really sad. Yes, it is. It is is. right, brother. Let's go over to, um, locals friends. If you're not on a locals, there's a link below, please hop on it. We're having big success over there with people that just, they want to know more, you know, they just want, and, and I can't, I thoroughly recommend learning learning more. Otherwise, you stay at fourth dimension consciousness, folks. Getting angry, bashing your head at wall, wondering why you can't wake people up, and you know there 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 is life after after those feelings that we've all been through. If you could please like and subscribe, folks, I'd really appreciate it. Support us on either Patreon, locals, or become a YouTube member, um, and that just leads me to say martin 
thank you very much. Stay on the line. And yep. much love to Martin and much love to you all. Cheers, cheers. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username, Chris Thrall. Instagram, Chris.Thrall. Thank you.